Welcome to the Kiwi Wedding Podcast. Today on the podcast, I'm chatting to Danny. Danny and Ollie had a gorgeous wedding down at Ripon in Wanaka. We hear the special story of how they met, how they incorporated lots of meaningful details into their day. We chat about not getting caught up in um, social media and the pressure it brings. This wedding is full of beautiful details and outfit change. A lot of thought went into the guest experience and they really focused on making it a day that reflected them as a couple. They also had their wedding featured in Together Journal, which is a physical and digital magazine full of beautiful inspiration. Definitely one to check out. And I will pop the link for that in the show notes. So you can go and see even more photos and read a bit more about their day there. They also had it featured on the Zoe and Morgan website who did some of their jewellery. And that's a really cool read as well. So we will link that below. Danny and Ollie's wedding was photographed by Stefan and Nikita, whose work is simply stunning. And we're going to share a few of their photos over on the Instagram at the Kiwi Wedding Podcast. So make sure you go and check them out and give us a follow if you haven't already. Enjoy episode 14 with Danny. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So excited to chat all about your wedding. So to start off with, if you could tell me a little bit about you and your husband, how you guys met and yeah, your life together. Yeah, of course. So yeah, my name is Danny. Um, my husband's name is Ollie. That still feels so weird. Like six months on to say husband, I'm not used to it. Uh, but we actually met at Rhythm and Vines, the music festival down in Gisborne, uh, about eight and a half years ago now. So, um, yeah, we've been together a wee while. Uh, it's uh, it's quite a cool story, uh, I guess. Every time I say it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, uh, I'm very lucky. But no, we um, we met at Rhythm and Vines. It was a couple of days after my dad had quite a life changing stroke and uh, had just basically been told that he was going to be in the hospital for three or four months. Like it was going to be a long road and I had to get to Rhythm and Vines. And I was, of course, like, I'm not going. I'm staying here with you. But he was very much like, I've stabilized. There's literally nothing you can do for me. I want you to go and enjoy it. You've been talking about this for months and months. So went to Rhythm and Vines and um, I was with one of my girlfriends and we were with a bunch of our friends and uh, we kind of noticed that there was a new addition to the group and I said to her, I was like, oh, that guy looks super familiar. Um, and she was like, I, I have no idea where he's, like I've never seen him before. And we were debating and he had these tattoos on the tops of his feet. And I was like, I know he's, his tattoos from somewhere, but I have no idea where. And she was saying to me, you're so weird. Like, don't say anything. He'll be like, who is this random stranger talking to me? And she was like, we definitely don't know him. And by the time we'd kind of, debated and argued about it he'd gone and I was like damn I missed my chance and then uh, a few hours later we were walking into the main stage like uh, by the music and I literally walked smack bang into someone and looking down trying to like carve our way through the path and I saw the tattoos on the tops of his feet and I looked up and I was like oh my god how do I know the tattoos on your feet and he was like uh sorry I don't know you and I was like we're going back to the campsite if you want to come back for a drink my friend's like no we're not I'm like yeah we are <laughs> yeah we definitely are so we went back and 
basically just figured out that he had just played drums uh, to my favorite like pop punk band and he'd just got into medical school and had um, done a reassignment on strokes and everything was just this weird like wow we have so much in common this is so bizarre and the timing felt very kind of serendipitous uh, and I came home and I yeah, spent the whole weekend together with him basically and then I came home and I went to my best friend's house and I was like what's this guy and he is kind of just like me but in male form it's really bizarre his name's Ollie and my best friend said shut up um, and I was I, I knew his tattoos and I didn't know how and she was like shut up is his name Ollie Lyons um, I know why you know his tattoos it's because a year prior I was camping with him and his current girlfriend at the time and sending you pictures of his Instagram going, this is your perfect guy. Like you two are so similar, but he had a girlfriend who we're very lucky to call like one of our best friends now. He had a girlfriend at the time, so nothing ever came of it. But yeah, um, a year later and there we are. So it's really cool. And my um, Jalisha, my best mate, she was my maid of honor at our wedding and she told that story of how we met, which was really awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's such a unique story and yeah, so crazy how all those things aligned. You guys just like meant to find each other or something. <laughs> I I know it's um yeah, every time I tell it I'm like, oh gosh, I am so lucky. Like you kind of take things for granted is the wrong word, but I guess you just become used to your life together really and then when you get the chance to retell that it's kind of like, oh man, it really does seem like it was meant to be. So yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your proposal story and how that all went down? We had been together five years in January. I'm terrible with my years, but when it was our five-year um, anniversary, it kind of triggered something in Ollie, and this is what he says post-story anyway, and he was like, oh, my gosh, this is a forever thing. You know, I need to do something about this. Like, I need to start – thinking about proposing and I obviously had no idea that any of this was happening I was just like yeah five years together that's so amazing and Ollie and my or Ollie reached out to Zoe from Zoe Morgan who I had loved as a jewelry designer like for years before that and he I now know like post-engagement how it kind of all went down but he sent her the most beautiful email and basically just said I have no idea how to do this I don't know what to do, but all I, you know, the one thing that I know for sure is Danny and she loves your stuff and I'd love to come and talk to you about designing a ring. I don't know what she likes. I don't know what I like, but like hopefully you can help me figure it out essentially. So I love stars and uh, Jalisha, my maid of honor and Ollie went to see Zoe and they found a diamond that is cut in the shape of a um, hexagon. And yeah, the middle, the middle diamond is cut in the shape of a star. And they saw that and went, oh my gosh, that's the one we need to just design a ring around this. We need to make this diamond work. And so they worked together for, uh, I think like four or five months to create the ring. Ollie and I actually lived with Jalisha, my maid of honor at the time, and they were doing all of this together. And I had not a clue in the world, which is just so crazy to think about. I used to come home sometimes from work or wherever and walk into the kitchen and Ollie and Jalisha were sitting in the kitchen and you could tell they were in planning mode and they were like heads down talking to each other and I'd be like hey guys what are you talking about and they're like oh just Pokemon or something and I just would not have any idea they were talking about designing my ring together which was so so cool so we were planning a trip to the South Island together and we 
had rented a camper van and we were just going to do like five, seven days around the South Island. And Oli grew up in Dunedin, so he's from those ways and there are a few places that um, we really wanted to experience and see and I'm definitely the planner in the relationship um I'm that kind of one that when we organize a holiday I've got spreadsheets and I'm figuring out how long we're in each place and what our budget is and all that sort of thing so he I had planned majority of the the trip and then there was this one kind of place that he said he wanted to go to and in like in terms of on a map we were kind of going up like this and then down again and the up bit was what he had planned and it was a secret and I was kind of annoyed at it I was like it doesn't make any sense we're going out of our way to go to this place like it better be worth it and he's like well, just let me do something for once um and I truly didn't expect anything prior to this we had been together five and a half years at that point but never spoken about marriage I think it's just yeah it probably sounds silly but I have never been one of those girls that kind of like dreamed of getting married and I thought it might happen one day but I never wanted to put pressure on it and I was scared that if I brought it up then there's an expectation and what if he wasn't feeling that way which is ridiculous because I was always really secure in our relationship but I just wanted it to happen on its own terms. So, yeah, we'd, we'd never spoken about it. I'd never talked about what ring I t- what like type of ring I wanted or anything. So, poor Ollie literally had nothing to go off of when it actually happened. But we, yeah, so we're on this trip. And, yeah, I'm not a great flyer. And he said to me, um, "We, uh, I just want to give you a heads up. We're going on a helicopter trip. So, just, like, make sure you prepare and you're feeling okay about it kind of thing. And I... Uh, did all my makeup and everything in the caravan on the way when we were driving and and then he goes oh by the way there's going to be a photographer there so make you know make sure you're wearing whatever you want to get photos in it and I'm just kind of thinking we're going up um to one of the glaciers and down in um Queenstown and I was like I'm gonna have to wear a puffer jacket it's gonna be so cold like what is he planning it better like I'm not gonna wear a dress on the top of the mountain and anyway then I started kind of getting in my own head a little bit and he told me that it was just him and I in the helicopter but the reason the photographer was coming because it was just over just after COVID and there were really good deals if the if we booked a photographer because it was a three-person helicopter I was like okay I guess that makes sense and when we pulled up to the um to the helicopter base we got out and the photographer met us in the lobby and everyone was introducing each other and then the person who worked at the helicopter place said to the photographer oh you're such and such I really like your photos like you've got such amazing photos and then that's when I was like what the heck like I thought she was employed through the helicopter place and they're only meeting her for the first time so I kind of went into a bit of a spiral because I hadn't expected anything and then all of a sudden I was like what if he's proposing surely he's not proposing like we've never spoken about it that's just a lot and then got really anxious about the fact that it would be in like a private place and there'd be other people up there so I went to the bathroom and I remember washing my hands and just like freaking out and like oh my god what's gonna happen um so we get up into the helicopter and we're up on the top of the mountain and it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced and a few other helicopters are landing in different areas and the photographer is 
instructing us and moving us to get photos and everything and um I'm in my head the whole time just thinking oh shit is he gonna like drop on one knee like what's gonna happen and we got the photos we stayed up there for 20 minutes took in the sights and then they were like okay guys time to leave again like hope you had a good time see you later and we're flying back down and I'm in the back of the helicopter being like Danny you idiot like you just made up that whole thing nothing was ever going to happen and you took kind of an amazing experience away from yourself in a way because I was just like nervous the whole time and we get down and all and we say goodbye to the photographer and then Ollie was like cool I hope you had fun and I was like yeah that was amazing just like wow you silly billy and the, the photographer I, I said oh, I was really keen for a coffee is there anywhere open it's like 3 p.m the photographer was like oh there's a really good place if you head about 30 minutes that way uh it's really cute uh, in like a little ski village go and check it out and ollie was like oh but we're actually going this way i was like if we've got time it could be cool i'd, I'd be keen but up to you ollie was like we've just got to be somewhere by sunset um he was like i think we've probably got time let's go so we went and got a coffee and then turned around and drove all the way back and we had like an hour and a half drive or something to get to wherever we were going to go they had plans and and then he one of the things throughout our relationship ollie and i love music um we're just yeah he's actually a musician has played music for years i just love it can't play or sing for shit but <laughs> it's okay um and one of the things that he does like on kind of special occasions on birthdays and anniversaries and stuff is makes me mixtapes like cds just of a whole like compilation of songs and so I had five years of mixtapes um, built up by this time and when we were driving back I started to notice that all the music that was playing in our little caravan um, camper van was music from all of the mixtapes throughout the years and then I got this little feeling like oh maybe something is gonna happen but no don't think too much about it like you'll ruin the experience but yeah we kept driving and we pulled up to this incredible place called skyscape and i love stars um it, like literally got them everywhere and it he was like surprised this is what i planned this is why we kind of had to do a little diversion in the trip it, it was this um glass house essentially so the roof and all the walls were glass and see-through and you can watch the stars at night and it was just beautiful and he was like well we've probably got like an hour here before we're going out for dinner um how about he was like I'll jump in the shower and then if you want to get ready um we can have a drink here and then we're going out and like okay that's sweet when I was getting ready in the bathroom I was kind of annoyed that we were going out because it was such a beautiful place I was like we've only just got here why are we going out for dinner but obviously didn't say anything so I was getting ready I, I'd kind of like done my hair and makeup for this photographer anyway so I was kind of like I don't really have much to do but I'll just like brush my yeah and when I came out all the lights were off and there were little tea light candles all around the place and Ollie was down on one knee and I can't even remember what else happened and what he said um but yeah it was amazing and I cried and I think he probably cried too and um said yes obviously and then uh the photographer who was in the helicopter with us jumped out of the bushes and had photographed the moment I thought we were completely alone but she was hiding in the bushes and essentially the whole like why don't you go get a coffee 30 minutes that way was a diversion by her because ollie had uh welcomed her onto the helicopter so that i felt a little bit more comfortable with her because we then went out and did a little um photo shoot under the stars 
but yeah, she sent us 30 minutes that way so she could sneak into the accommodation and get everything ready and get set up and wait for us. So yeah, it was amazing. Long-winded story, but no, it was beautiful. He, he did very well. <laughs> amazing. I love that. I totally would have thought it would be um, happening up the mountain as well, but he tricked you there. I know, I know. And that was talking about it in the years afterwards. Like that was all kind of part of his plan because he knows that I'm an overthinker and the planner and he wanted to catch me off guard. So he, he said he kind of did that as like a, hopefully to throw me off the scent. Uh, Oli proposed and it was like, yeah, the ring of my dream. In all honesty, I think when you have no say in a ring, it was a bit challenging when I first got it not challenging that's the wrong word but all of a sudden I've so got a ring. personal jewelry yeah jewelry is so personal and I'm such a jewelry jewelry girl like I, I love jewelry and all of a sudden I was like I have to wear this ring for the rest of my life like whoa this is big like it's just come out of nowhere kind of thing and it was quite unique it was quite different to the trend that was happening everywhere else around me I guess like it became lab grown diamonds became a thing shortly after or they probably were a thing when we got engaged but they blew up around that period and everyone was kind of getting these big lab grown flashy diamonds and there was a part of me and this is I think you know what I'd say to other girls who are maybe in the same boat there was a part of me that kind of went oh do I want that like should I have a bigger diamond which is so silly because that's just so not me. And I look back on even having those thoughts and, you know, I almost feel bad. I'm like, what? I can't believe I felt like that because now I honestly wouldn't change it for the world. And I remember my mum seeing the ring and just being like, Danny, he knows you better than you know yourself. Like that is just so perfect. And it's so low profile, which is something that I really love about it. Like I wear it every single day and I never get it bought on anything it's yeah it's just so special to me they did such a cool job and it's so amazing that he did it all himself like I I just love that it's yeah it's so cool and I've grown to absolutely adore it 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 is it really is true what they say like I've worn this for three and a half years now and I wake up every day and I'm like whoa (laughs) like look at my ring that's so cool I'm so lucky um but yeah he he said to Zoe when he was first working with her that he really wanted a ring that embodied my personality which was timelessly beautiful but edgy and unique which is just like so amazing so yeah really really special but because of its um low profile setting it was quite challenging to find a wedding band that would work with it so usually you can kind of tuck a wedding band to sit underneath the ring but I um I wanted to do something a little bit different so I had to work with the fact that it's fixed out I didn't want like kind of a princessy looking crown I wanted it to you know feel like a glove on my finger essentially um and I really wanted to play on that asymmetry of the hexagon diamond so I thought I've got such a edgy cool shape let's enhance that so for my wedding band and once again I like I just the most special thing but my mother-in-law was telling her all of my plans for my wedding band and I said I want to have different shaped diamonds I want to have a bear diamond with a baguette diamond with a round and she was like I have a really similar one and I want you to have it so I was just like oh my goodness so I melted that down and made my own ring with it in yellow gold because his was white gold um, and yeah so I've got this wee but this little 
kind of wedding band filled with all these like asymmetric diamonds, which I love. I love so much. And I worked with Zoe to make that from Zoe Morgan and she was a dream. And I pulled out two of the diamonds from um, Ollie's mum's band that she gave me and we created little singular round tiny um, rings, one for Ollie's mum and one for my mum and we gave those to them on the morning of our wedding because we just they, they've played such a vital ro role in our lives and in the creation of our wedding and we wanted to give them something to remember the day and remember us forever as well so yeah Zoe and Morgan were amazing so special I love that story definitely super talented and cool to use yeah Kiwi designer have all those special elements incorporated love it when it came to um planning your wedding did you have like a vision in mind for the whole like vibe and style of the day and yeah where did you start with that and looking for a venue all of that I guess the kind of main vision that I always had was friends and family are super important to us so I just wanted it to be one big party with our friends and family Ollie and I have always kind of loved entertaining and throwing parties and we were just like this is our time to have like the most amazing party with all of the people we love so we always wanted that from the get-go um I won't lie midway through planning I was kind of like I get why people elope now <laughs> like it was quite a lot but yeah I think in terms of the vision I always wanted it to be something that I could look back on and it age well um so relatively timeless and quite like modern but then not trying too hard like I really didn't want to I guess orchestrate it I wanted it to be a true reflection of Ollie and I so still relatively relaxed um and kind of I think when we ended up going with Rip On that it wasn't the original plan like we looked at a million venues but what was really important was that we made the decor and the theming and everything fit with how beautiful Rip On is like we kind of didn't want to bring too much more into the space so yeah I think um we worked with a planner down in Wanaka just because we're both living in Auckland and the kind of brief that I gave to them when they were helping us was fun and flirty um, like we just wanted it to be fun and romantic yes but more on that kind of like flirty side I guess rather than like really serious white flowers everywhere that wasn't us we wanted colors and love that in such a beautiful spot down there like hard to go wrong but yeah it looked incredible so did you have um what were like your priorities obviously you said kind of friends and family is there anything else you were thinking of that were like the most important elements of the day for you yes we yeah we're big newsos so the entertainment side of things was always big for us we always wanted some sort of live music element um we were really lucky we've got such talented friends around us who um, are also kind of in that music space so we had one of our friends Nick and he played our pre-ceremony music which I'm gutted about because everyone has complimented it but I didn't get to see or hear it because I was still making my way to the venue but no that was really cool so we just played um, some acoustic songs while all of our guests were arriving and then we had uh, we had a band a local band down there called LA Social and they played some after dinner music 
and after that we had one of our best friends plays a DJ for us late into the night and Ollie had the piece where he thought that he could kind of add the most value into the wedding and planning was the music and so I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say that he literally spent a year maybe a year and a half curating the playlist for like dinner time and in between moments and stuff so yeah that was really cool we had really kind of meaningful music so that was a big one for us and food and drinks as well was massive which is basically the entirety of the wedding I guess but but yeah we we're big foodies and love our food so that was kind of what we kind of wanted it to just be one big dinner party so and what we wore as well definitely I think um yeah as with everyone but that yeah we definitely kind of splurged the most I would say on our outfits <laughs> yeah we can talk about that soon I love um that you were quite intentional with the music that makes such a difference I think when people yeah really put thought into that totally yeah we got um lots of compliments on it which is lovely and it's re- it's really cool to be able to have that playlist to just listen to post-wedding as well and brings back some memories so so cool so yeah can you tell us about your wedding outfits and yeah how you went about finding them or getting them made I think you had two dresses yeah talk a little bit about that yes so I did have two dresses I had a main wedding dress and then another dress that I got changed to changed into after dinner for dancing really interestingly and it's it's super funny when I was engaged and I used to hear brides say oh, I thought I knew what I wanted in a dress and then it all changed. I used to think that is not going to happen to me. Like, I know my style. I know what looks good on me. Like, there's no way. And I loved kind of uh, the form-fitted, sparkly dresses. I went into dress hunting thinking that that's what I was going to get. I always knew that it was going to be something sparkly. Um, And I think everyone around me knew that it was going to be something sparkly as well. But Interestingly, when I went with my maid of honor for the first dress appointment in Auckland, it that like a sparkly form-fitting dress was what we tried on first, and we were both just like, hmm, nah, <laughs> but like that's not, yeah, that's not, yeah, I don't know, it just wasn't quite right, and I um tried on a bunch of things, so that that was kind of interesting for me because it was straight back to the drawing board, and I really didn't think that my opinion was going to change and all of a sudden I was like oh my gosh I don't know where to start now so I went to multiple different places here in Auckland to try and find my dream dress and I did quite a few um, custom appointments with a few well-known designers or boutiques here and they were all amazing but I just kind of felt like nothing was giving me a hundred percent what I knew I liked so after trying on a bunch of dresses I was like I like this type of neckline and I like this type of body and this type of fabric and nothing just kind of had it all together and then I saw online um, a listing or Palace Couture which is a Australian designer brand and they had exactly what I'd started to piece together in my head in a dress so like an off-the-shoulder uh, kind of like so bad with all the names but like a princess type skirt and full of like sparkles and embellishments and I was like man that's amazing 
and then I remember inquiring, thinking, oh, I could pop to Australia, that's no problem. And they came back and said their bus would start at 14000 Australian dollars. I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> I was like, damn it, that dream is over. Um, but I had just gone to one of the yeah well-known dress designers here and been told that I was on right on the cusp of the eight-month custom deadline mark. So I had to order my dress ASAP for it to make it in time for the wedding. And I remember coming home and I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It, I just, I tried on so many beautiful dresses, but none of them were really hitting the mark. And they had sketched up what I had tried to convey that I wanted in something custom. And it just, it was really expensive and it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And I was feeling like super deflated. And I was lying in bed that night and scrolling on my phone just about to go to sleep and I got a targeted ad for a dress that looked exactly like the Palace Couture one and I was like oh my gosh the Palace Couture stuff is following me everywhere clicked on it and realized it wasn't Palace Couture but it was the exact dress that I had seen this whole time and it was this little boutique in Sydney and I gave them the call a very the very next day and asked them about the dress and they said we don't have any availability for the next four to six weeks for an appointment, but let, let me double check for you. We'd love to have you if you could make it over. And then she was like, you're never going to believe this, but next Saturday there's been a cancellation at 2 p.m. I will hold it for you. I know it's a big ask coming from New Zealand, but we'd love to have you. If you can make it, the appointment's yours. Let us know in the next couple of days. And the dress off the rack was 4000 Australian dollars, which was just so much cheaper than anything that I found here. And it was everything that I had kind of wished for and so I bought flights to Australia literally the next day with my mother-in-law and her and I headed over in pursuit of the dress and tried it on and it was perfect it was everything I'd wanted so I did a little customization to the neckline I um, added it was kind of a square neckline originally and I made it off the shoulder but it um, yeah it was literally all in ever wanted it was a place called um, Blanche Bridal and I just had the most amazing experience right from the get-go so yeah it was really really cool. <laughs> and then did you find a second dress as well was that always part of the plan? Yes it wasn't actually part of the plan I in the lead up I'd kind of gone if I'm going to spend so much money on one wedding dress I want to wear it the whole time like I want to get every like cost per second of wear out of it that I can and but so we got engaged in 2020 and then married in 2023 so we had quite a long engagement and things change in that period I guess and my mother-in-law is amazing and she'd seen it was actually um, a Re Rebecca Wallet Rebecca Valance I can't even remember she'd seen the dress on designer wardrobe actually so it was second hand a little mini dress with a big bow on the back and she bought it for me and she said, you don't have to wear this. You could wear it for your hems. You could wear it for whatever, but it's just beautiful and you should have it. So that was really cool. And I sat with that in the wardrobe for ages, not knowing what I was going to use it for. And then as time got nearer, I found these amazing um, embroidered gloves. And they were actually just on Etsy. I wasn't looking for them intentionally. I think I was looking for, um, I can't remember, something like some sort of decor for the wedding and they came up instead and so they have they were um 
sheer kind of satin gloves and they had to having to hold to love and to cherish embroidered on the knuckles and I was just like I have to have those and yeah just some Etsy online seller so I bought those and then realized they would work perfectly with the little mini dress so once I bought my main wedding dress and realized that I was going for the big skirt vibes and I wouldn't be able to dance I then kind of pivoted and went all right let's let's do a second look so that was cool and then Ollie he's um he also found his blazer that he wore in Sydney so uh, really amazing designer over there and super funny neither of us would each other know what our outfits were looking like but Lisa Ollie's mum knew what both of our outfits looked like and Ollie had said to Lisa I'm gonna go sparkly I'm gonna do a sparkly blazer and Lisa was like so nervous because she was like Danny's going sparkly too and sparkly sounds so tacky are you sure like you don't want to look back on photos and be like why did I wear this random sparkly get up so there was this whole like six month period of knowing that Ollie was getting a sparkly blazer and a little being like quite nervous about it but also just having to trust his judgment because he's super into his fashion more so than me always has been uh but yeah then he kind of changed his mind a few months out before the wedding and just thought with Rippon being outdoors and with the sun and it's all just about that kind of beautiful natural landscape the sparkles might be a little bit too much so he'll change into them post ceremony so he then got a plain suit from Crane Brothers and when he decided that he was going to have two outfits I was like you cannot show me up so I'm going to have two outfits as well love that all came together so well you guys looked amazing in your photos oh thank you thank you no, really, really cool. <laughs> love that story about yeah the whole journey to finding them <laughs> who was um in your bridal party and did you find that like an easy process choosing them so in my bridal party, I had my maid of honor, Jalisha, and then I had my brides people, uh, John Michael, Alex, and Julie. I It's a tricky one. I did struggle, although in the same breath, those four people have been a key part of my life for a long time, and I always knew that they would play a part in my wedding somehow, but I definitely did struggle picking my bridal party and there was a moment there where I was like maybe I'll just have one maybe I'll have no one I hate kind of upsetting people and we have such a wide group of friends we're so lucky but I have a lot of friends that kind of I heard the saying once years and years and years years ago and I've loved it ever since that every friend is a different key to unlock a different part of you and I love that. And I feel like I do have, you know, I've got friends who unlock the silly side of me. I've got friends who I'm really comfortable with sharing big things. And I've, yeah, I've got a lot of different friends. So in that aspect, I really struggled and I, I didn't know how to bring it down to like my top picks. And it's not even necessarily saying that my bridal party was my favorite people. They're just really important people to me, you know? So, so yeah. Uh, that it was amazing though having those people by my side for sure Um, and I think we when it comes to a wedding traditionally what you see out there I guess is it's got rules as such and most bridal parties look a very similar way but in my 
bridal party, I had two females, um, a they, them, and a male. So I was kind of like, I'm going to do this and make up my own rules. And, you know, we, we don't care for tradition as such. Um, let's have some fun with it. So that was, that was really cool. And uh, we let them all pick what they wanted to wear. I just wanted black. That was the only rule, essentially, um, and just wear what you felt most comfortable in. So I think everyone looked incredible. So, yeah, it was hard picking for sure, but I wouldn't have had any other way. It was, yeah, they're all amazing. So good. I love that. And I'm all about breaking the rules, like do whatever you want, have whoever. That's um, great advice. And how about the guest list? Did you find that quite hard to narrow down? And yeah, how many guests did you end up having? Guest list was really hard, really, really hard. We had 105 people in total. That was, I think that was including us. I can't remember the exact number, but 48, 49 of those were family. So it was... Yeah, there are a lot of family. I've got a really teeny immediate family. Ollie's family is huge. They're, they're all amazing. It was so cool to have them there. But it definitely didn't leave too much room for a lot of friends. But I think I'm so happy with how it worked out. Like, we really had our kind of nearest and dearest, as they say. So, yeah, it was it was amazing. But it, it definitely was very challenging. And like I said earlier, like I am a people pleaser we both are we don't like upsetting people but then we also feel it's really important to stand up for what we think is right and we did have to make some challenging calls as to who um, comes and who doesn't and we were working with a budget restraint essentially I think Ripon could have gone higher in terms of numbers but the moment we added any more numbers you pay more catering you pay more drinks you pay more everything so yeah, we, we had to keep it around that mark. Um, we could have easily probably had a 200-person wedding if we wanted, but we could not afford it. But I think it was perfect how we how we ended up with in the end, yeah. Nice. It's It all adds up, hey? So just, I don't know, hopefully people understand that and, um, yeah, appreciate that you'd like to invite them all, but you just can't and, yeah, you have to cut it off somewhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we, we made a few... Um, not challenging calls but we said that we didn't want children at the wedding and you know that was I know that's a kind of contentious topic when it comes to weddings but we don't have a lot of kids in our life or in our circles and our few friends who did have children all they had all kind of expressed to us that they can't wait for a, a weekend as mum and dad without the kids like <laughs> bring it on so yeah there were definitely a few things that I, I guess got a wee bit of feedback from guests, including guest list decisions and decisions like not having kids, but we kind of stood strong and true to our values and I'm really happy with the outcome, but it, it's definitely quite anxiety provoking, I guess, when you're going through it and just trying to please everyone, but then you have to do the whole, hold on, whose wedding is it? Like, whose day is this? We've got to put ourselves in our beliefs and decisions first, so. Yeah, got to stick to your guns a bit, that's for sure. Totally. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about the day and um, yeah, how it went down and any highlights or favourite moments you have? It was amazing. We, So we, I was a little bit nervous in the lead up because 
funnily enough, we found out, gosh, when was it? So the wedding was in March and the year before that, in April, I think, I was calling some local hotels and motels down in Wanaka, trying to reserve some accommodation for our guests and all of them were booked out. And I was like, what's going on? Why is everything so booked out? This is ridiculous. And I called one of the hotels and they said to me, no, of course we don't have accommodation available on this weekend. Like, are you joking? And I was on the phone like, what the hell? Like, why? And he was like, this is the Wanaka AMP show, like the biggest event that happens in the South Island every year. Like, no way. Like, we're already booked out well in advance. It was cancelled last year because of COVID. So this year is going to be bigger and better than ever. It's the first time it's ever been cancelled last year in, tw- in its 25-year history. So good luck. And I just entered this like flurry of panic being like, oh my God, we've booked our wedding on the busiest weekend of the year. And yeah, basically after talking to a few people, they were like, yeah, so 40,000 people descend on Wanaka. Like there's like blockages in and blockages out. You won't be able to get taxis. It's going to be a nightmare. Good luck. And then realized that all of the flights and accommodation and rental cars and everything were peak prices. And I just felt horrific like I felt so bad for all of our guests but by then it was too late we'd already booked all of our vendors and we couldn't do anything to change it so that was a real concern my our planner was really reassuring and helping us come up with some um, ways to make it a little bit easier we put on a bus for our guests and picked them up from a few different locations around the area and um, yeah took them all to and from the wedding just in case taxis were an issue uh so I was definitely quite worried about that when it came to the wedding day but it ended up being a dream like it really wasn't an issue whatsoever and I have this really cool moment I remember when we were leaving the place that we were getting ready myself and all my bridesmaid book I found the morning like so chill which is really interesting I'd said to them it's either going to go one of two ways I'm going to be not phased by anything just taking it in you do you kind of thing or I'm going to be like an anxious mess freaking out the whole time and it was the first uh situation which I was really thankful for but I remember sitting in the van they were all running around closing the place getting the flowers getting everything ready and I was sitting in the taxi van with my little bouquet just kind of taking it all on being like yeah about to head to my wedding this is cool and everyone piled in and we're pulling out of the driveway and the taxi van was talking on his um, walkie-talkie to the other guys and you know the other vans in the area and we got onto the main road and he was he got a like a radio through from someone else and they said um excited to let everyone know that the Wanaka AMP show traffic has all but completely cleared roads are back to normal and it's a beautiful sunshiny day and all of us were just like like it couldn't have been cooler timing so that was a really cool moment and that wasn't even you know at the wedding that was just on the way there um I think in terms of highlights from the actual day I basically what had happened the day before at at rehearsals was uh so my dad I mentioned earlier is a stroke victim and he is paralyzed on one side uh, he can walk but obviously a lot changes when you go through something like that and at the rehearsal day we had to rehearse 
dad walking me down the aisle, which was like we both dad and I were just kind of just so humbled and in awe of the fact that he was still here and we were getting to do this thing together but it was really emotional and dad's emotions kind of got the better of him on rehearsal day and mum was really concerned and was like your dad's supposed to be doing a speech tomorrow there's no way it's going to happen like I have to pull the pin on the speech it's just look at him like he's a mess there's no way he can speak and I, this was 5 p.m the night before I get married and I was like shit this is not ideal like don't throw something like this on me the, the day before and my bride's people were so cute they're like so my mum they're like so let's just let's figure this out over here eh? like Jenny probably doesn't need the stress right now like we'll make something work don't worry and they were like could you potentially read Ivan my dad's notes and mum was like dad doesn't have any notes he said he was going to speak from his heart and we were like awesome okay cool so we basically decided that dad wasn't going to do a speech after all. it was going to be my dad and Ollie's dad speak from his side and so the night before the wedding I was trying to get my family to touch base with Ollie's family and make sure that Ollie's dad Brett could say something on behalf of the both of us and dad wasn't going to do a speech and so then the day of the wedding I'd kind of forgotten obviously that all of that had happened dad walked me down the aisle which was the most special thing ever I had Ripon has a big hill um as an aisle and I had my mum walk me down the hill and then had my dad waiting at the bottom of the hill and he did the second half of the aisle and I walked down to a song called you had me at hello by a day to remember which is uh my favorite pop punk band and actually the band that Ollie and I bonded over when we first met at R&B eight years ago and for years I, I just loved this song. It had so much significance to me and it's a real strange song to pick as your aisle song. But I had said when we got engaged to Ollie, I was like, I'm going to have the song as my aisle song. And he was like, that's a real niche choice. I don't see it working. Like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work, but whatever. And he was a little bit funny about it, but he was like, it's your song. Like you do what you want. He just cared a lot because he loved music. And he ended up kind of, editing the song a wee bit so we kind of moved the timing of one of the verses and got it all um, synced up on rehearsal day so that it was the right length for the aisles and it worked out perfectly and it's just crazy that the song that I used to like lie in bed and essentially cry to when I was like a 15 year old girl I then got married to even though it's like a pop punk band but yeah really really special and so that walking down the aisle with my dad who made a song from my favorite band from my childhood was just something that I I never even dreamed of I look back and I'm just like wow that was incredible and then the day got even better essentially like it, everything was just such a whirlwind but after dinner it came time for speeches and I suddenly remembered oh that's right dad's not speaking I wonder what happened with Brett and I wonder if they got in touch with him and who's going to speak and blah 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 and then my dad gets up to say something and we're all kind of thinking oh no <laughs> like oh no like what's going on like this wasn't kind of the plan he said no is, is he going to be okay is he going to be able to control his emotions not that I would care not that anyone would care but I know that he would and he just pulled out the most 
incredible speech. Like, uh, it was insane. Like, I still get teary when I think about it. And I don't think there was a dry eye in this room. And he said to he said to everyone in the speech, he said, "Oh, um, most of you know the journey that I've been through with my stroke when I was in hospital recovering." Danny said to me, "Dad, you have to get through this because who's going to walk me through the aisle?" who's going to walk me down the aisle and that was a key kind of um, thing for him and his recovery process and he said it might have been a short aisle honey but we did it we got there and everyone in the room was just bawling their eyes out so that was such a special 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 moment and our videographer um, was amazing we we didn't um, we just had a highlights video made and that was the, the only package that we had but they sent me the clip of dad's speech afterwards which I'm so appreciative for so yeah it's amazing that I have that forever so cool so many um amazing moments and yeah so meaningful to have that I love it so yeah so special and did you um find anything hard about the whole wedding planning process um did you, yeah, do you look back and regret anything or would do anything differently? I don't think I would do anything differently. What I probably did find hard was I know what I like, I know what Ollie likes, I know what we like together. And then with how prominent social media is in this day and age, I would see things on social media and think, oh, maybe I want that, maybe I need that. And little things like champagne towers. I remember seeing someone do that on Instagram and thought, that's so cool, we should do that. And Ollie was like, no, that's so gross. Like, we're not that ostentatious. Like, no, we're not going to do a champagne tower. And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, that's not us. Like, no, actually, I don't want to do that. So things like that, I found myself feeling like I could get quite easily influenced with trends that I was seeing on Instagram and social media, even though they didn't necessarily have significance to us. So I definitely found that tricky. I found just prioritizing time for wedding planning really hard as well. It's I am a super organized person and I'm a real kind of like to-do list maker, but in a way that probably made it even trickier because my to-do list just kept growing and growing and growing. And I'd wake up on a weekend and be like, we've got to do wedding planning today. And Ollie and I both live such busy lives and we live quite separate lives at times like he's in a band and he's a doctor and I'm in marketing and events and so they're very kind of different and we found ourselves spending all of our free time wedding planning and it's not easy because all wedding planning is is essentially making big decisions so you're just together in your only free time all week arguing essentially not arguing like you know, we were lucky that we agreed with most things, but it was kind of like, what color do we want the menus? Like little things that we knew weren't a big deal, but we still wanted to put thought into them. We're kind of like, if we're going to have this big day, we, we do want to plan every aspect of it. So that, that was quite challenging. We were really lucky to have um, worked with, yeah, a wedding planner down in Wanaka. So we just knew that we wouldn't know any of the local vendors and who's good and 
what's what. And I think the main kind of draw card for us getting a wedding planner was actually I'm the type of person who really likes to bounce ideas off of someone else and collaboration and you know when I when it came to like okay what's your ceremony time gonna be what time do you want to get married I was kind of like I don't know I've never had a wedding before like I've never been married someone tell me what is the right time and we were kind of the first of our friends group essentially to get married so I didn't really have that many people that I could asked or go to for advice so in that regard having a planner we just had a partial planning package so lots of on the day coordination and then just wherever we needed help in the lead up but the main kind of value that I saw in that was just being able to pick up the phone and talk to our planner her name was Kim and just be like hey what would you do in xyz or what has worked previously in the past like what's worked really well or what do you reckon out of x and y so that was yeah really really valuable um but yeah I think planning is we had to kind of have a lot of moments where we had to kind of pull back and because especially because we had such a long engagement we really drip fed all of the planning we we started and we'd kind of conquer one thing and we'd go okay we'll book photography and videography this month and then next month we'd do this and then next month we'd do that but with the type of personality that I have, I wanted to make sure that when I made my decision, it was an informed decision. So I would spend weeks researching and looking at different vendors and it did get quite exhausting. Like we had to pull back and go, this is supposed to be fun. Like we don't need to make it a chore because that's what it was starting to feel like, I guess. Like we'd be like, oh, we've got to do wedding planning together. So that was challenging. But once we overcame that together, it was, it was fun. <laughs> That's so great, um, spacing it out. And do you think, because you had a relatively long engagement that made it a bit harder with, like, making decisions and, yeah, just overthink things a little bit? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Just way too much time to overthink things, as you say. Yeah, great advice having a planner as well, especially if you're doing a wedding that is not where you currently live, like a destination thing, having someone on the ground and then, yeah, like you say, bouncing ideas off, so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So did you guys have a budget you were trying to stick to and did you end up going over that if you're happy to talk about even like a ballpark figure and, yeah, how that all went? Yeah, so budget. (laughs) Well, once again, with the three-year engagement, we had a long time to save and we were really privileged. We moved in with Ollie's mum and dad for a big part of that period as well. And so we kind of didn't have many outgoings. So had quite a long time to save. Um, I had some substantial savings that went towards the wedding and same with Ollie. We, throughout the planning process, we things started to pile up and up and it really does kind of run away from you as they say we will be the first to say too and I think this is really important when talking about things like weddings we had help from Ollie's mum and dad like there's no way that we could have done it without them like absolutely no way we could have done it on a smaller scale ourselves but it was important to our families as much as it was us that we have everyone so there was a period where we were saying we could do, you know, realistically, Ollie and I could do a 40, 50 person wedding ourselves. But having collaborated with Ollie's family, it was like, 
if they can help, we'll do the whole family. So that's kind of what happened with that. And it, it is hard when you're planning and it's like, we're in Wanaka. Do you guys want, want to get a helicopter? Like, you may as well. You may as well go get photos on top of the mountain. And we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it for the photos. And in the grand scheme of things, it's only a thousand something dollars. Like, that's fine. And then you see all the costs down on a piece of paper and you're like, oh my God. Like the week before the wedding, I think it was the week or two weeks before, I was like, where can we cut costs? Like pulling up and like, do we really need napkins? Do we really need this? <laughs> but Ollie, yeah, we were really lucky. Ollie's mum and dad were like, just just do it. Like it was the first, Ollie's one of four children. He's the oldest. It was the first of their family. It was kind of a big deal for them as it was for all of us. So yeah, really, really, really lucky. But it does go quite out of reach really quickly. <laughs> so special though and I guess having kind of a um, destination wedding where you might have had a lot of people traveling in they sort of made a holiday out of it or stayed on a bit longer so yeah that's cool to just have everyone there together exactly and that was really important to us as well so we originally were planning on getting married somewhere in Auckland or in the Coromandel or some, somewhere close enough to home and we visited oh gosh I honestly want to say maybe 20 different venues and they once again were all beautiful but just felt either kind of manufactured or done before or not us and we went to Wanaka on a family holiday and I remember walking into Ripon and Ollie and I were like well we don't actually have the wedding planning but we looked at each other and we were like this is it like, we've got to make this happen and we, after kind of inquiring, like, there seems to be some sort of wedding tax, I swear, around Auckland. Like, what we got money-wise down in Wanaka was the equivalent of, I don't, essentially, we got our money's worth, I felt, when I kind of did the math with other venues down in Wanaka. The tricky thing about Ripon was it is dry hire, meaning you have to bring in everything from, like, furniture, cutlery, everything they essentially just give you the venue and that's it so costs kind of crept up a little bit in that aspect when I was looking at the cost of the venue compared to other venues in Auckland it was quite a bit cheaper and we thought amazing amazing but then you have to factor in all the other things like furniture and whatnot that you get in the package in these Auckland venues I honestly think in at the end of it all, it probably was still more cost efficient to go down there and do it what we wanted than to do it in Auckland, which is really cool. But yeah, because we were kind of dragging everyone to Wanaka. So all of my family is in Auckland and most of our friends are in Auckland. And then Ollie grew up in um, Dunedin. So he has quite a few friends, uh, friends and family still down there as well. But we have no friends and family in Wanaka. So we literally picked maybe the hardest place for everyone to get to but gave everyone enough enough warning and notice and said, because we've made it a destination wedding, genuinely no pressure if you can't attend. Like, we understand and it really isn't, you know, we get it. Um, but we wanted, we tried to encourage everyone to make a weekend or a week of it and go and enjoy yourself. And like I mentioned earlier, we had friends who, who have children and they had a weekend without their kids and they kind of tapped on a spa day or a few days together down in the South Island so that was 
awesome. That was, yeah, exactly what we wanted to do with it. So. Really hard to compare that South Island Wanaka beauty to anything even in the North Island so such a special spot and really interesting for people to know as well that kind of comparison with venues and um, yeah you might think that doing it that way is so much more expensive but can actually be comparable. Totally and it was really cool once we had kind of made all the movements to book at Wanaka uh, Ollie was like I actually went to my first ever music festival here they don't do music festivals anymore but music has been such a key part of our relationship and we were just like that's so cool and then Ollie's dad piped up and said he bought his first ever bottle of wine from the pond so there were quite a few little kind of uh, elements that once again made it quite personal personalized and special to us so yeah really really happy and wouldn't trade that view for the world like it was insane and a really cool place to be able to go back um, for anniversaries and whatnot in the future so yeah did you go I mean I guess you were kind of already away somewhere but did you go on honeymoon straight away or yeah did you plan anything what did that look like yeah we did we went so our wedding was on a Saturday we had Sunday in Wanaka and Monday in Wanaka as well and then on the Tuesday we flew back to Auckland put on seven loads of washing and then on Wednesday flew straight to Bali. So we'd been to Bali before together and loved it. And I think we went maybe like three years into our relationship and all the Balinese locals were like, oh, are you guys here on your honeymoon? And we were awkwardly like, no. <laughs> like, no, we're just here together, no honeymoon. We, yeah, we kind of laughed about the fact that now we were coming back actually on our honeymoon and they were like, you guys are on your honeymoon. We're like, yes, we are. Like, this is so cool. So that was really awesome. Yeah, Bali is just such a special, special place. Uh, so we had two weeks there and we, it was, we always wanted it to be straight after the wedding. We had heard from the few friends that we did have who had been married before. Um, a bunch of them had done it in different ways but the people who went straight on their honeymoon just said it was amazing to kind of stay in that love bubble as such so we really yeah that was kind of like a non-negotiable and Ollie actually to be able to get three weeks off so a week for the wedding and then two weeks for the honeymoon genuinely had to quit his job as a doctor as a full-time doctor um, employed by the DHB because they're just so understaffed so the only way that he was able to get time off for that and, and a bit of um, band stuff as well to really focus on the band was to quit full time and go locuming, which is essentially like freelance doctoring. So a hospital will um, put out a call for help around around the country. So he's actually in master's at the moment, otherwise he would have joined us for this. But um, yeah, they he just goes wherever help and support is needed essentially. But yeah, he went locuming so we could have three weeks off in one block together to do wedding and honeymoon back to back but that was like I think that's my biggest tip for anyone getting married or planning a wedding and a honeymoon and obviously everyone's different but what I loved the most was being able to keep that holiday feeling alive not have to go back to work open emails like change the way your brain is thinking and feeling and just go straight from like the best day of our lives into two weeks uninterrupted with one another and your wedding day is obviously so amazing but it's quite busy and there's 
people who have flown from all ends of the country and world. We had family from London and Belgium come to the wedding, which was amazing. But you're constantly just trying to catch up with everyone because you've got such limited time. So then to go straight from that to like two weeks alone by the pool was such a dream. Like so, so special. Staying in the yeah love bubble, like you said, and extending that and Bali's such a beautiful place I love it there so cool were there any um helpful resources or websites or things you remember using during the wedding planning process um in terms of like finding vendors stuff like that anything that helped I guess probably not so much because we had our planner but I I did have a lot of together journal journals so I read those a lot the physical publications and it was quite funny in the planning process even though we were looking in Auckland we'd flick through photos together and I'd go oh I love that oh I love that and every time we'd look at the text down the bottom of the photo pages it was like Otago, Queenstown, Monica and we started to think like oh but I was like no I'm not planning a wedding yeah I was like not planning a wedding outside of Auckland Ollie like don't get your hopes up and he was always like let's go Central Otago uh but yeah so that was Together General was really helpful and I think just social media honestly like Instagram uh TikTok I avoided the TikTok hole for so long because both Ollie and I are just the types of people that once we're on something that will just it would take over our lives uh, so that wasn't massive when I was uh, engaged in planning the wedding, but I can see now how helpful it actually would be just to get ideas and cool little kind of creative um, things that other people wouldn't have necessarily thought of and Pinterest. So yeah, a lot of my inspo came from just social media platforms really, um, but in the same time, like I said, trying not to compare ourselves to other people and other trends was also quite tricky so knowing the boundaries when it came to getting inspiration from social media so true I love to get the journal as well that's a great one to recommend and yeah I guess having that sort of few years being engaged seeing trends even come and go during that time and um yeah just trying to stick to what sort of represents you not be influenced too much that's yeah definitely an important one totally you've given um a lot of amazing advice already but yeah is there any other advice you would give to couples that are planning their wedding at the moment I think one of the things that I'm really glad we did was I know everyone says to not sweat the small stuff and that really true like I I do really agree with that but it was the little touches that we put on our day that are the most memorable so I think maybe even you know don't worry so much about the florals or not necessarily florals but the things that everyone looks at immediately and think of the little spins and the little things that you can put on your day that will make it impactful like we, I'm actually wearing mine now. I've like worn it most days since we got married. But we had an amazing friend who helped us make bracelets. Um, I'm a massive Taylor Swift fan, and disclaimer: this was before Taylor Swift and her friendship bracelets blew up. So I'm like, yes. But 
we yeah we had a we had this idea because we both love music festivals that we could have kind of wristbands as admission to our wedding kind of like you'd get given a wristband as admission to a concert so we had little d and o um bracelets beaded bracelets made and like hats off to our friend abby and all of her little helpers because she ended up making 105 for us which is like insane just so cool but i yeah i had this idea and something that i wanted to make reality for ages and ages and putting the time and effort into that and seeing our friends wear it now still six months after the wedding is so cool like that's i think something that we'll talk about for a long 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 time so even though they were like quite stressful to make happen or the little touches those were the things that we will remember rather than what our flowers looked like or what you know for some and i know for everyone it's different but that's that's what we'll talk about and i think just remember this is a big one as well especially with the way that social media is these days but remember what the day is actually about it's really easy to get caught up in what you should be doing and what things should look like but at the end of the day it's about celebrating you and your partner and you're coming together for this amazing purpose but it doesn't need to be this massive thing so yeah just really remembering if shit does hit the fan which it probably won't hopefully fingers crossed at the end of the day you're still going to marry each other and that's the most important thing exactly love that such great advice and how is married life now do you feel like you got a bit of like post-wedding blues after i guess going straight into that amazing honeymoon would have helped but yeah how are things now for sure I was really scared of the post-wedding blues. Like, I'd heard it quite a lot, and I definitely had a moment. It was actually more so after we'd got engaged, and I don't know if that's because I didn't kind of have any say in the fact that we got engaged, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't know it was coming. Or, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I had this moment, and it lasted quite a while, where I was like, I'm never going to, have this moment ever again like I'm never going to get engaged again and everything that so many people dream of for years that's just gone like that's it see you later and it was incredible and I wouldn't change a thing but I definitely remember feeling like that and it lasted quite a while so that was hard but it is I guess just about looking at the positive side of it and being like okay yeah it is gone but it was incredible and I'm going to have this amazing story to tell for the rest of my life and this beautiful ring and, you know, I'm marrying the man of my dreams. Like, it, that's so cool. So it's just changing the perspective, which is easier said than done. So I definitely kind of wallowed in that feeling for a while. But I think because I'd already experienced that a little bit with the engagement and I tried really hard not to let myself feel down about the wedding, I, it didn't hit me as much as I expected it to. And in complete honesty, it was almost like a feeling of relief. Like we were like, that was amazing, but we don't have to wake up every Saturday and Sunday and plan our wedding. Like it's done now. We can relax. Yeah. I remember just being like, what am I going to do with my time? Like I need to like pick a hobby. I need to do something else. So yeah, it didn't hit as badly, which I was really thankful for, but I definitely do have those moments where I'm like, oh no, life is moving so quickly. Like now what? But 
hey, it's cheesy as, but as long as I've got Ollie, you know, there's going to be so many other things to look forward to. Like, we'll, we just have fun every day. So, yeah, and, and on that note, I think married life is honestly nothing has changed. Like, I think our relationship has been pretty secure for a long time now, but it is, I mean, if nothing else, it's a bit of a flex getting to say my husband. <laughs> I'm still not used to it. And I also feel like it makes me sound like 50 when I'm making a, like a dinner reservation or something. And I'm like, yeah, for me and my husband, I'm like, God, that's so old. Like I kind of sometimes just use partner because I'm still not really that used to it. But, but yeah, we, I, I guess it's just that kind of, I never needed it, but it's that extra little bit of reassurance. Like I'm like, I, I know that I've got, my soulmate with me wherever I go essentially like bring it on like ready to conquer this crazy thing called life together so yeah it's very cool so cool it's such a um short season of time I guess in the bigger scheme of your whole life but such a um special and sometimes intense time as well and just yeah kind of living in that moment soaking it all up and being present is tricky so yeah some great advice yeah it really is amazing well that is all my questions is there anything else you wanted to add on the end there thank you so much for coming on oh no thanks no it was so great I mean yes when yeah thank you for asking me when you asked I was like yeah any other chance like any chance to recap such a cool moment and cool moments like bring it on I feel like my friends are all sick of hearing about my wedding so I'll talk to someone else